Hi, everybody. This is Sagarita, your host for Let's Be the Change podcast. I'm really excited to be doing my very first episode. I have an amazing host here who I know on a personal level. Co-host. Oh, you're a co-host now? You taught me that two people is they're both co-hosts. Yeah. Where so I he's... thought the co-host was the assistant, but they're just two yeah. hosts. So he's going to be doing this episode with me, and we're really excited because we have a topic that I feel like doesn't get shared or like discussed a lot. And I think that it's very fitting for what this podcast is about and what it stands for. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome our very first guest to the Let's well, Be the now, Change now podcast. Demoted, demoted to a guest now. <laughs> yes, right. uh, Cameron, Cameron Mooney, um, also known as my boyfriend. And he's going to be discussing, you know, something that he's definitely dealt with in the past and still continues to deal with today. So you want to say hey, say welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. So um, before we dive right in, if you want to tell the listeners what you do, where you're at in life and just kind of do like a little recap, feel free to take the floor. I'm just a dude in college. About to be a senior. Yeah. I know. These are these are the moments where someone asks My life you like it's boring, so I don't know. Uh no, I wouldn't say your life is boring. It, it I think your life is pretty fun, I would say. But we're sitting here together recording this episode. We have our dog on the floor who, you know, there's plenty of space on the couch but refuses to sit with us. So He's doing that. We're doing our thing. And let's just go ahead and dive right into this episode. So roll that intro and let's get started. So Cameron, I want you to tell us kind of like what's on your mind. I know that we were trying to decide for the longest time because I wanted you to come on this podcast and be like the first episode initially, but we were just having a hard time trying to figure out what topic we wanted to discuss. There's a wide variety and you're very much, you know, say it how it is type of guy, which I thoroughly appreciate, but I know that that can come off as like, it can come off as like a different tone to some. So our topic is body image skinny or overweight i just thought it would be a good thing to talk about yeah skinny versus being overweight because yeah. skinny people still like get picked at and all that so no it's very it's very true and i think like we both had a light bulb moment go off when we were discussing it and that's something that came up and we both kind of looked at each other and like that would be a really good topic because it's not something that you hear about often or even very rarely, like feel like we hear about it. It's oftentimes when we talk about body image issues, it's America speaking in terms of like being overweight and things like that. But very rarely do we get a chance to hear people talk about a struggle that they face internally about being, I don't know if you'd be considered underweight. I I'm just considered perfect. Like on the BMI chart, on the BMI. I'm, I'm like nearing 5'11 and I'm 150. So I'm like, in the green. In the green. But the but, thing is, I feel very like 
bony. Yeah. Like my elbows are very sharp. My legs are very skinny. So when I wear skinny jeans, I look like I'm walking on toothpicks. So, yeah. And that's always something in high school that people would always say, oh, look at your jeans. They're so skinny. Like, oh, my goodness. So that's why I never was a fan of wearing anything too, too skinny. And it would hurt sometimes because, you know, guys should not be wearing the skinniest jeans in the world because that can hurt the the good stuff. So, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah. No. And I think that I definitely took that in a new perspective hearing you talk about it. I will say that my grandpa, so my mom's mom, um, for the longest time, we called him Skinny Kenny because he is, I think he's smaller than you. And he just like put this like in your mind. He's my grandfather. And I think he just hit like 120 on the scale or something crazy like that. And uh, we do tease him a lot about, you know, him never eating enough and all this stuff. And ever since meeting you and talking to you about it, it's definitely put a new perspective. That's like, I, I can tell that sometimes it gets frustrating for him because people think the solution is just eat, just eat a bunch of food and you'll like fatten up or whatever. And that's not, that's not the case because your, your eating schedule or habit is so much more crazier than mine, or at least it used to be where I feel like now it, it kind of still is, but now I feel like we're, I, I'm eating just as much as crazy things for you. But it is very interesting because our bodies are so completely different. But yeah, I think I might be like five pounds lighter than you, which is which is so crazy to me because I get that there's like the male and female body and it's going to be built differently and all this stuff. But it just goes to show you that numbers really don't mean anything at this point because it's like, you know, I have huge hips and a big ass and, you know, thick thighs and stuff like that. But I'm five, five pounds lighter, but I just have more like more of the hourglass figure. And you're 150, but, you know, you say that you have like bony elbows and, and all that stuff. And that's why I hate the BMI chart. I yeah. don't necessarily agree with it. And I know I'm disagreeing with numbers, but I don't think that chart has been updated in like no, I think that we're looking at like a 20th century type data where, you know, the world was literally a lot skinnier than it used to be. Or no, the world now is a lot more overweight than it used to be. That's thanks to like all the fast food restaurants and all the unhealthy eating that I'm a, a victim of. Yeah, so, yeah. And for sure. I grew up with, you know, we didn't really cook a lot at my house because it was just easier for us to go out and eat like McDonald's, Wendy's, or Burger King when it was good, like all that type of stuff. We would order pizza and all that. And my whole family, we're all, like my immediate family, we're all pretty skinny and tall, but I believe it's because of our metabolisms are so good. Like I can eat McDonald's every day for a month. Um, I will probably gain like five pounds, but I mean, I yeah. would feel very crappy, but it's still like my metabolism is just so fast. I've never been overweight at, at any point in my life. I just feel like people people always say, oh, you're so lucky to be like that. And I'm like, I do. I do like my body, but I guess sometimes it can be very annoying when I shop for pants, especially because mm -hmm. my legs are very skinny and I don't feel muscular. Like you can see my like my 
bones on my wrist and like I can put my ring and thumb around my ring finger, my thumb around my wrist and it'll wrap around fine. So like my wrists are very skinny too. Yeah. But um, my parents work out a lot. So they're a lot more muscular versus me and my sister. We just don't eat the right things necessarily, but we're not like in any like health dangers at all yeah. re- regarding diet. So Yeah. And I think it, it definitely plays into your fast metabolism being younger. That also, you know, I think when you and your sister both get older, you're, of course, your metabolism is going to change. So we don't know what that looks like for you. You know, it could catch up really quickly. It could just, could be just some would say blessed like that to be, you know, like that. But I did look this up and I found that the BMI chart was introduced in the early 19th century by a man named Lambert. And he was a mathematician and he wasn't a physician. And so his goal was creating a formula that quickly figured out the easiest way to measure like a degree of obesity of the general population to assist the government in allocating resources, which I'm like, that's so, that's so crazy to think about. more of an algorithm versus like actual health risk. Because a lot of people in this country, like most Americans are overweight. But when people say, when people hear overweight, they think of like people over 500 pounds. Yeah. And that's not it. You can be like, in Segei's case, like 5'2". And be like 140 and you're considered overweight. When you look That's at her, true. when you look at her, she's like a little cute doll. Like she doesn't <laughs> even look, you wouldn't even Thanks consider so. her overweight. So yeah. that's why I'm like, it's just such a flawed, I don't know. I don't like the term overweight because like who who ter- determines that? No, and so. it's it's very true. I think when I was talking to one of your friends, we were talking about like our experiences when we were younger or just going to your like pediatrician office, even, you know, you go up until you're 18 years old. So um, I still do. <laughs> yeah. And so like you go and oftentimes I lived in an area where it was obviously predominantly white. So the doctor, it was a male doctor. He was older, white. So he didn't really take into account not only like my nationality and the the like there's reasonings and researches that go behind showing that black women tend to get their periods a lot quicker. It also takes into account, like he doesn't also take into account that when you age and get your period, your nationality takes into play, the positions that you're in as far as emotions take into play. So he saw me at, I think I was like probably 13, 14, even 15. He saw me, saw that I was maybe like 130, 140. And he, you know, I remember my mom being in the doctor's room and oftentimes he would say, you know, you know, everything looks good, but I highly encourage you. I would encourage you to stay between like the 115, 120 range. And he, you would like, that's a grown man with a lot of power in the sense that we look at our healthcare or workers with like a heroic kind of outlook about them. And so when he says something like, I would prefer you to stay between the 115 and 120, but doesn't take into account that I've started my period. And I am also going through a lot of trauma and emotions from being adopted and all of that. that. 
I don't know if he knew all of that, but I know that he was aware that at least that our situation was a lot different because when my parents would come in and I would be scared for shots, you would see that, you know, both my parents are white. Obviously, you know, I'm black. So it's like, I, I just don't think that people put two and two together. And so oftentimes when he says, I would like you to be between a certain range, that would take a toll on me because it's like, well, shoot, the doctor says, you know, I really should be like losing 20 pounds at age 13 or, you know, 13 to 15. And it's like, is that say something bad about me? But when you don't take into account the mental toll and the physical toll and all of that into it. And you're still a kid. And you're like, still a kid. That's the thing. Like you're, you're still a young you're still a kid that's growing and developing. Losing 20 pounds as a 13-year-old is not necessarily too easy. Right. So. And so, uh, you know, when when we look at the history of a BMI scale and doctors are taught, you know, to be very, like, statistical. and uh, It's outdated. It is. It's it, outdated. It's a 200-year-old, 200-year-plus, you know, system that we're still continuing to go with today. And it puts a stigma on what it is to be healthy. And I think that just takes a toll on people and their mental health and puts them in a state of pretty much depression because they feel that they don't fit or they don't belong because of a system that is, again, outdated. Even Whether it's my experience or your experience, doctor might look at you and say, you know, you really should be like 160, 180. You need to gain all this weight, but like doesn't take into account other issues and just looks at it from a numbers perspective. It's really difficult. But I will say that it does depend on your doctor. I will say for sure. Yeah, I have your a doctor, I bet, didn't, was not used to having people like you around. No, office, so. no. And so I think... You know, again, I'm sure my race came into play for that. But I also feel like that's probably the same way he treats all of his other female patients that would come in. I can't imagine it would really be any different because I think, again, he was an older white male. So the way he was looking at things is already outdated just from what he's learned from the BMI scaling. But also it just has that, you know, older generation mentality. So that takes into play. I will end with that little like segment saying that I have my primary healthcare physician and she's female and I've had nothing but great experiences with her because I think that gender is a huge factor in looking at who your doctor is. So switching over to that, you know, after you turn 18 was was something very beneficial for me because they they just understand females like understand from a female perspective and knowing what it takes to go through periods and stuff like that that all comes into play what would you consider to be uh one of the most frustrating statements that people say to you as far as your body type or an image does is there something that screams like you're over it you're annoyed or whatever it just gets old Ah, that's the thing. Like, that's why I'm like, how do I complain about this? Because I, I mean, nobody really says anything anymore. The biggest thing was, well, this is more height than weight. But yeah. in middle school, I really like grew, grew a lot in height. 
like yeah i don't know any specific numbers but i was probably like five seven going into sixth grade and coming into high school i was like five ten so i gained like three inches over three years wow but my jeans would always like not fit me Mm -hmm. so they would come up to my ankle like like this yeah and then people would call them like, "Oh, you you flood New Year, you got the high waters on and all yeah. that." So it make which fun is of a term I had to learn because I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, and you're like, when no, you go no, to no. a urban middle school, they come up with any kind of sayings <laughs> to roast you in your clothes. So yeah, they but do. that was always something I was annoyed with, and that wasn't really my height or my weight; it was my height. Your height, but my weight probably just wearing very skinny jeans in high school I think and all that. even not to throw them under the bus or anything but even your dad sometimes I know he teases you about that because that's because a lot of style. people tend a lot of people tend to associate guys wearing skinny jeans and they they kind of think you're like gay yeah when you wear it like that and I'm like no I don't see it that way at all I just think that I think people that wear I like skinny jeans because it makes me feel kind of like clean like yeah. kind of i don't know but and it's not skinny jeans i mean like i, I think there's it's a this, new it thing is because it, back then yeah. like when my parents grew up it was the baggy baggy jeans yes the 80s and 90s were baggy 2000s you were sagging your pants and yeah. people still do it but they would not put a belt on and they would have you know your underwear would be showing and all that. Yeah. i never understood that style at all but you were yeah. sagging now we're in an age where skinny jeans are in so no matter what your size is like skinny jeans are very popular so that's what i i kind of started to wear skinny jeans i don't want to say before they became mainstream but like yeah i was probably one of the first to really do it like, are you saying you're a trendsetter no no because <laughs> apparently i didn't pull it off right so. <laughs> well and i want to say that i think skinny jeans we associate oftentimes yes with the idea that you might be um gay or very feminine in the way that you dress but also i think we think of skinny jeans from a female perspective and that we have them super tight you know it's hard to breathe with it up uh you know high-waisted skinny jeans type of and thing and the jeans i wore in high school i mean if you saw them today you would not consider them to be skinny as other people no like you would see but back then apparently that was just called way that was just way too skinny it didn't look right with my body so that's why i was like yeah probably got which plays a mental role and that's why i fell in love with joggers so you do love your joggers so much but i love you in joggers i think and you're obsessed with hollister hollister joggers you absolutely love which i will say they make they make very like nice men's clothing um the female we've talked about it and that's another topic the female Sagay does not like shopping malls i hate shopping (laughs) at malls and it is primarily because it is so difficult for me to find clothes at malls because I think malls are made for a certain type of shoppers. It's either, you know, your basic white girls who, I mean, there's nothing wrong with basic white girls. If that's your style, you know, I'm all here for it. Like I went through a phase where that's all I wanted to be is like fit in and wear all of the clothes that the white girls were wearing at my high school. And you just grow and you realize that like these don't look cute on you and this isn't my style. So now I have the difficulties of, you know, when I go to the mall with Cam, 
we we oftentimes just go in stores just to look at styles or you know oftentimes i'll go into like h&m or zara or whatever to look for more inspiration rather than actual clothing but i think they're made malls are made for skinny people if i'm just going to be like blank statement like it's just made for either if you're skinny white girl who or a guy or a guy for me yeah. I just go in for t-shirts, jackets. Hardest thing is pants, but I mean, it's pretty easy because Hollister always has good sizes for me. Yeah. But like for bigger people and for girls. With hips or with hips a booty or I mean, Victoria's Secret, you're not you're not wearing that crap. And they make stuff 10 times more expensive for girls stuff, which they do. I never understood. I don't get why panties are like $40 a piece like I nobody's gonna see it like who yeah. cares unless you want people to see it. that's another story but like yeah. I, I don't understand why it's so much well and we were talking about this the other day too it's like I was obsessed with Victoria's Secret um the the brand pink that was in middle school that was like the it thing to wear that with your black leggings and your Ugg boots and you know, there were a lot of times where I had difficulties like trying to find shirts that covered my ass because that was such like an attention grabber thing that people in school would always be like, oh, my God, you got a bubble butt or whatever. And sometimes it's just like you don't want attention. Do they actually say Yes. And it's like you don't want it. You don't want to like you just want to hide sometimes you don't want so much attention because you're the only black girl and everything about you screams different like look at me type of thing sometimes it was just like i wish that i could fit in by wearing the clothes that are popular that all the girls are getting attention for but not too much attention to where it's like i'm the only thing noticed and so that's that's just like my experience that i've had with malls and I, I mean, we were sitting here the other day trying to think of last time we went into a mall together and I bought something. And I think Tanger Outlets was the thing we thought she of, got which a, isn't even a mall. Like, I mean, like, is it like just a, Adidas like active wear? Stuff. I got Adidas. An actual yeah. outfit like for everyday casual wear. I cannot remember the last time you've gotten one from No. Me. And I think shirts is definitely a little bit easier. Um, yeah. Oh, well, you bought. Well, we kind of forced you to buy, but like a hoodie from Hollister and just a Lakers hoodie. Or shirt or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do like my Lakers hoodie. But or, that, that's it. It's all this overwear that was in the men's section that yeah. she always gets from Hollister. So. And, you know, that's the thing is that that's very in and trendy right now to have the oversized look for females specifically. I think it goes with that streetwear. So it is nice to see all of that come into play and that, you know, not everything has to be tight, tight, like you know, you can't breathe type of thing. And yeah, and I know I got off track a little bit, but I think, yeah, that's probably where the stigma of skinny jeans comes from. And also I think some of the people that make fun of it comes from a place of jealousy, whether they honestly feel like if they wore that, they wouldn't look like that. Or they have maybe their own body dysmorphia issues. Yeah, some keep in mind these are the same dudes that would be wearing oversized hoodies and pants. Right. I bet they were skinny as hell too. So exactly. Uh, that's another. And it was thing. never that your jeans 
I mean, still to this day, I don't know if I've ever found a photo or anything that your jeans were like hugging your thighs. I don't think I've ever seen you. There's always there's fishing. been a couple pairs where I have admitted, OK, this maybe is going too far because when I sit down, like it's hard to sit down. That's how you know it's like, all right, I got to get yeah. out of these. But I love your joggers. I love your jeans. So, yeah. you know, I'm always saying wear whatever makes you feel comfortable, whatever makes you feel good. I that to I'm me, loving the joggers. I might. Yeah, these are like my main. That's pants, the thing you know, is so. I love joggers. Like my favorite places to shop are Target and Marshall's and fabletics <laughs> that might be about it <laughs> but those are like my go-to my go-to places because they have things that make me feel comfortable that are athletic wear but also can be like you know just casual attires things like that so um yeah i i don't i don't see malls getting any better just because i know that after covid online shopping took like took over so it wouldn't surprise me here within the next like 10 years i, will admit, I think malls it. actually are getting better because really? i worked at hollister for like three years and yeah the first time i got there yes it was just all the skinny people all the cali girls all of those skinny white models but after i left like because of covid i think they definitely not Hollister definitely didn't cater towards more overweight people, but I will say I think the the fashion there is trendier more towards everybody and it's inclusive to more African American people. Yeah. But um I think some stores are selling like um clothes for different body sizes. Hollister's not a good example, but I, I believe there's other stores and malls that are definitely better. I'll tell you, it's definitely better than it was in the 2000s. Because I remember when Hollister wasn't even there and it was Amber Crombie and Fitch. And it was just that dark room with just surfer dudes everywhere. You, yes. Not a single black person in sight. No. But I, this is more of a race thing than a weight thing now. But I think malls are definitely becoming more diverse with who their audience is. It's the prices that these people can't really afford to buy these kind of things that bothers me. True. So True. And um, I know that your mom and I were watching it the other day, but I highly would encourage you guys to go on Netflix and check out. There's a new like documentary style called White Hot, and it basically talks about Abercrombie and Fitch, um, like the rise and scandalous fall between, you know, almost like cult fashion meeting stereotypes of not just like the color of your skin but also a certain type that you had to look in order to work there so i mean i'm not going to go into like the whole description of the documentary but again i would highly encourage you guys to check that it's out probably another thing with hollister like i did a group interview and there was only two other black people working there compared to like 15 other white people and I think one of the reasons probably they hired me was because I was a black guy. It probably looked good for the store, yeah. but it was more diverse. So, I mean, I don't want to say that's the whole thing, but now we're just on to a whole different topic. Now. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That's a whole That's a whole other episode area. that we uh, for sure can dive into later on. But I think that this conversation was really good for both of us to not only express how we feel, but just share our story so that maybe it resonates with someone out there listening, whether we know them the or not. The main takeaway message is don't listen to BMI charts. 
yeah. unless you're like over like 400 pounds and it like like actually causes health problems to you like if you were and even then there might be other resources that you don't have to listen to oh yeah um a math you know math don't listen to people saying you're gonna die yeah so i just just know that like everybody's beautiful the way they are do what makes you confident what makes you feel good and fuck everybody else (laughs) Like seriously, and I think that I think we're both both learning that because there'll be moments where I am I down definitely and don't things care like as that. Much, as much as I did in high school, so yeah, I think we're helping each other out for sure to be better versions of ourselves. And sometimes we we get in like such a mode where we feel the need to continue like bashing ourselves in our head, and I have to take a step back and even have you check me sometimes and be like, really? Like our conversation the other day about how I was just feeling with my body and you're just like, really? Like, I don't see that. And sometimes it's me getting in my own head because we're only looking at ourselves from one perspective. And that's like a psychological fact is the most criticizing person in your life is yourself. You will always criticize yourself. Yeah. way more than others and you put that criticism on other people yeah so. you're you're your biggest critic i am and i feel like we're put on we're put on earth just to fight with ourselves like mentally like and it, it is um it is like a a fight that you're constantly having to prove yourself and it does get exhausting but it also helps you become a bigger and stronger person so Listen, I definitely want to have you back on to talk about psychology and Mm -hmm. the human mind and all of that. But I appreciate you joining me for this episode. Thank you. Taking time out of your busy, busy schedule with (laughs) playing with the puppy. He's finally calm and sitting back on the couch with us. So, yes, thank you, baby. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you this episode and for those of you listening i hope you were able to take something away from this and just you know just don't be so hard on yourself you're human you're just trying to get through life just like all of us and you need to be your biggest advocate and your biggest cheerleader your support system even if you sometimes have a hard time trying to find a support system around you so that's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to Cameron for joining. I really appreciate it. And yeah, so let me know what you guys think. Comment. Make sure to give us um, a rating. Also, make sure to subscribe for new episodes that I will be posting. Try to do that weekly here. And that's pretty much it. All right, guys. I am so excited to be doing more of these episodes but again i'm your host sagarita and you were just listening to the first episode of let's be the change podcast until next time bye guys bye bye bye